The Change Officer Podcast's Future of Financial Services series is brought to you by Holly Wally, the world's first wallet-as-a-service platform. Stay tuned to find out how Holly Wally can help you build your mobile wallet to increase revenue and reduce time to market. So imagine you take banking services and you provide it on a mobile phone. That brings financial inclusion into the market and that allows you to do two things. Number one, you bank the unbanked. And the second thing that you do is actually bank the underbanked. A lot of people have only savings and current accounts. They're denied loans, they're denied mortgages. Open banking now gives you access to the, to the consumer's behavior. So it's actually changing the way we do business, making it faster, cheaper, more reliable. Welcome to the Change Officer Podcast's Future of Financial Services series. In this series, we are deep diving into some of the hottest and most pivotal topics in the financial services industry right now, including personalization in financial services, embedded finance, and the mobile payment revolution. Join us as we seek the answers to critical questions such as what does the future hold for the financial services sector and where should we look for the next big disruptive idea. Welcome back to the Change Officer, Mirna. Hello, how are you? <laughs> good to see you again. <laughs> it's um, really good to see you now in closed doors. Last time we did it, it was step conference. It was super loud, but we pulled it off really nicely. It that was, was fun. That was fun. The, the, the ambiance was nice. It, it was amazing. Can't wait uh, to go to step again. Um, this time, slightly different format. Um, I invited you to join us uh, in the Future of Financial Services series because... I don't know a better person to talk about open banking than you uh, at this point. Um, and this is the topic that we have to cover in our series uh, if we are taking this topic seriously. So we have 15 minutes, so we're going to keep it very focused and narrow uh, to the topic. So I'd like to start um, with open banking and its influence on the future of financial services sector. Um, obviously, we're at the stage or transition period where technology is exploding. Um, you know, incumbent banks are in a very comfortable place yet, but they are being challenged by a lot of uh, outside players, fintechs and challenger banks and, and, and even other industries. What's your take on, on, on the importance and the impact of open banking to the future of this uh, very uh, exploding sector? Um, see, open banking is a natural development from the wave of digital transformation that we, we witnessed a few years back. And um, when banks started realizing that the traditional way of offering banking services to the market can no longer survive, they started digitizing their business. And then what mattered there is in 2018, um, PSD2 came in to give the authority back to the consumer, the um, control over the consumer's own data. Because in the past, who owns the data? It's the bank, right? Sure. And the, the consumer had no, um, uh, you know, uh, power to actually choose what products to take or which bank to bank with or, I mean, it was very limited. And then what happened is the um, open banking gave the consumer back the right to own its own data. And it also gave them the consent to actually open up their data to third party providers. Okay, so that's that's open banking in in, um, in simple terms. Now, when when you talk about banking, that you're basically exposing your own APIs, 
you're giving your data as a bank, um, the data that you used to own, you're giving it to third-party providers who are very innovative. They actually come up with new ideas, new ways of doing credit scoring, new ways of looking at your financial statements, new ways of um, analyzing your financial behavior. That gives a lot of value back to the consumer. Absolutely. Okay. So the um, the old ways of doing banking are are gone. Sure. <laughs> we're we're way um, ahead of that. And and the pace at which innovation was happening, which is understandable as a corporate environment, a large organization is difficult for you to 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 innovate at a rapid pace. But innovation that happens with the open banking, um, or, or or at least where we're heading to, is 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 much faster. Especially if we look. Um, the markets like the Middle East or, or, or Africa or Sub-Saharan Africa, where you can see, first of all, huge numbers of underbanked, right? And yeah. if we talk about Europe now and UK and all the services that are being provided, majority of these services are provided to the people who are already well set. This is sort of an added layer of services that they can uh, exploit. But underbanked are desperately looking for the basic needs, right? Um, one of the facts that we found from the research is that since 2014 in sub-Saharan Africa, for example, only there was an increase in uh, bank accounts in only 4%, 4%. And it was doubled in the amount of mobile wallets that appeared. Doubled. Yeah. Because obviously the access to banking was uh, uh, was much higher. This is allowed by open banking, right? Yeah, see, um, brick and mortar banks can only have so many branches, sure. right? There isn't a bank that actually can cater for every single space in a country or every single corner or town. But every person has a mobile phone, almost, mm. almost. There are countries that are, you know, 200%, um, uh, you know, uh, the coverage of uh, of mobile yeah, penetration. Yeah, what are the, the penetrations penetration. are in the Middle East and in Africa exactly. are ridiculous. So, so imagine you take banking services and you provide it on a mobile phone. That brings financial inclusion into the market and that allows you to do two things. Number one, you bank the unbanked. Mm. Okay, because a lot of people don't have bank accounts. They can't even go to the bank. And the second thing that you do is actually bank the underbanked. So a lot of people have only savings and current accounts. And um, because it's very hard to analyze the customer behavior through the old ways of doing banking, they're denied loans, they're denied mortgages, they're denied um, auto loans, all of that they can't, they can't get. Go to the bank, the easiest thing they do is they deny you credit, right? Uh, open banking now gives you access to the, to the consumer's behavior. So when you go and... Um, on your app, for example, you create a little widget that says my, my mortgage savings. The bank will know that you're actually saving every month $5,000 to eventually buy a bank. Uh, sorry, buy a buy. Sure? <laughs> I hope everybody buys a bank. <laughs> to bu- buy a house, okay? And, and that uh, uh, allows the bank to actually create new products for you that can take uh, cater for this uh, for this need so it becomes banking the unbanked and banking the underbank as well no uh, absolutely and considering the importance of if you call it mobile wallets or mobile applications in this space um, open banking gets a completely different flavor uh, it becomes the importance of open banking uh, gets on the top well, there are um, open banking is a game changer, mm. definitely. And we're only talking about open banking. Imagine we get into open finance. We're going to get to that in a bit. But when you talk about open banking, you're talking about 
different sets of um, APIs that you can access to, primarily data APIs and payment initiation APIs, okay? So you can either give your consent as a consumer for anybody to access your data, okay? How much money you have, your transactions, what are, all that. And you can initiate payments through APIs, mm-hmm. right? So that's that's the, the basic principles of, of open banking. What matters here is the use cases that you build on top of these APIs that create products that make a difference. Absolutely. So if you look at, for example, Bahrain. Bahrain, Mm -hmm. they introduced open banking a couple of years back and um, they started with retail. Retail, open banking. So it's the basic, you know, five or six or seven APIs that are to be exposed. Yesterday, um, or actually two days back, Saudi Arabia gave us a sneak peek into their open banking, you know, rollout, which is planned for October. And they have introduced not only foundational use cases, which is account aggregation, personal financial management, they actually introduced um, premium use cases uh, that tackle, uh, for example, credit scoring, or um, they analyze financial uh, statements, e-statements, or they issue letters of uh, guarantee or they actually do financial uh, modeling for businesses not only for retails so that's where the value comes the basic use cases of open banking don't bring a lot of value sure. and people don't understand this they think that open banking is is ticking a box okay when a government mandates you to open your apis they think that okay i'm now compliant so th- Open banking, from an implementation perspective, it's two layers. Sure. The first thing that you do is you have to expose your APIs and make sure that they are compliant with the regulatory standards. Mm? And globally, there are PSD2, which is European, there is UK, there is Australian, there is Berlin, there is Poland. And in in the region, they usually follow UK. Mm -hmm. That's, That's the basics, okay? And then they start having their own standards. Bahrain, for example. So all the banks in Bahrain now follow the Bahrain standard, which is UK plus, plus, plus. So that's the first step that you do as a bank. You tick the box of compliance. You make sure that you follow all the standards. And then you start with the aggregation. And aggregation is actually the use cases. If I give you access or authority over your data as a consumer, what's in it for you? Nothing. What's in it for the bank? Nothing, really. Anybody making money? No. No. If I bring um, fintech X and and expose your APIs and the data points to them, and I and that fintech brings a new way of uh, giving you um, consent on credit within uh, ten minutes, if you are eligible for a home loan or not, value is incredible, right? You're for, for optimizing size, oper- right? <laughs> exactly for, for optimizing bank, operations. Yeah. You're cutting your cost on all the background work that you do. You're bringing more revenue to the bank because it's a new loan that's issued. The customer is happy. The fintech is making money. Everybody's happy. Who do you think are the players who are going to tap into and grow here the fastest or leverage these opportunities the fastest? Are we talking about um, new rising startups? Are we talking about Amazons and Googles of the world? Or are we talking about um, average uh, conglomerates or big retailers from the region? Like, who do you see leading the game, the race here? See, globally, definitely the platforms, like the Googles, the Facebooks, the, you know, all these WhatsApp. Uh, in this region, we don't have those. What we have are the telecoms. And I think uh, the telcos will be the biggest winners. 
because the telcos are with you in they're your home, all, they're everywhere. Already, yeah, they're everywhere. Imagine you give a telco and a payment license and it allows you to start using your phone to make payments. That's huge. Um, the second main winner is um, uh, the conglomerates, which is, you know, the main major brands like the supermarkets, the Majid Al-Futames, because these people by nature, they love to analyze consumer behavior. They're, it's in their DNA. Unfortunately, I think the banks will suffer. The banks will not catch up that fast because banks, by nature, they don't like data. So what's the game for them? Well, banks, first, first of all, they need to um, change their culture and uh, look at the most, the fastest banks in the region that are following up on open banking and they're very digital. They're actually hiring a lot of technology people and they're bringing a lot of ex-fintech owners or startup um, uh, you know, founders into their system because bankers by nature, it's hard to change how they operate, right? So you have to change the culture of the bank and the first thing that they do and they have to do is to start collecting data. I'll give you an example. What coffee you drink every morning? Imagine, imagine that you use your card to buy your coffee every morning from the same shop. Did you ever receive an SMS from the bank saying you get a 10% discount if you use your credit card, not your debit card? Absolutely not. And the credit cards are the major money makers for banks, right? We all know that credit cards is the cash cow for the banks. So imagine, imagine banks have access to that data. So that's number one. Imagine they have the wisdom to actually analyze the data. Hmm. And imagine that they have the data scientists to come up with new algorithms and models to actually sell you new products. So open banking will bring a lot of competition in the market. Good. Hey everyone, sorry for jumping in. We'll be back with the rest of the conversation shortly, but I wanted to take a moment to thank the sponsor of our show, Holly Wally. Within the next two years, 4 billion people will be using digital wallets and the global mobile payments market size is expected to hit US $5.5 billion by 2024. It's more important than ever for financial service providers to offer a digital wallet service to their customers. Enter Holly Wally, the world's first wallet as a service platform that allows any financial service provider to build their own digital wallet as efficiently and cost effectively as possible. Whether you're a fintech, retailer, banking institution, or insurance carrier, Holly Wally has all the elements you need to build your own company's ideal digital wallet in a matter of minutes and manage it on an ongoing basis. To find out how Holly Wally can increase your customer engagement and revenue or to register for a demo, visit hollywally.com. The link can be found in the show notes of this episode. And now enjoy the rest of this conversation. All right. We established the base. Obviously, there is a huge opportunity in front of us. There are multiple different players who are tapping into the space. Banks, especially the incumbent banks, are a danger. They need to think and act. Um, but what's now in the way? What's in the way between now and, you know, having an established open banking platform, having all of these services um, delivered to the customers? Um, so the first wave is, um, you know, when, when the whole market realizes that open banking is more than ticking a compliance box. And I think we're, we're there now. Now everybody's realizing, okay, so what's in it for me? What's in it for you? And now they're starting to come up with use cases. So we, for example, at Fenta Galaxy, we're working with a lot of banks on different use cases that are 
very innovative. So they started from our innovation industry, uh, innovation business, and then they said, okay, I want to test it. So they test it on a sandbox, and then they say, okay, let's go in production. And those use cases, it's a lot of work that goes into the use cases. It's not easy. So for example, if you want, um, if you're um, Aramex, for example, okay, you deliver something back home to somebody, and that person has to pay a fee. Usually, what do they do? Either pay cash or they pay by card, right? Credit card. What if I, on the spot, tell you you can actually pay from your bank account without paying fees? So instead of paying 3% to, to uh, in, in a transaction, uh, you're only paying half a percent. That's open banking. So it's actually changing the way we do business making it faster, cheaper, more reliable. Um, so the, 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 the use cases that are going to come into the region will be very interesting. There is going to be a war <laughs> who wins the customer because the customer, there's only so many customers, right? Sure. And um, how are you going to sell them insurance? How are you going to sell them you know, loans? Uh, um, so the customer is the winner at the end of the day. And whenever there's more competition in the market, it's much better. It's a price war. It's a um, quality war. Customer always wins. That's that's open banking, right? <laughs> All right. Looking into the future and to wrap up, uh, signature question of the change officer. What's the change that you see happening in the future, having in mind everything that we discussed so far, open banking, fintechs, and the opportunities? Um, what is the change that you see happening in the near future? Uh, and where would you look for that next big, huge opportunity where you would invest in? Um, before we look at the change, we have to understand the challenges, okay? So it's not like, um, you know, a, a rosy um, park. No, it's actually full of um, bottlenecks, full of um, traps. Security, data security is a major thing that everybody has to focus on, right? So working with licensed companies is important, Getting ISO certifications is very important for security, compliance, and all that. Um, um, banks and financial institutions have to rep, um, replace the human element that's going to be lost with technology, right? So, if you if you want to go to uh, if you want to get a loan, you go to the bank, you sit with the relationship manager, you have a relationship with that person. They start giving you good uh, advice. People love that. But with digitization, open banking, and all of that, we're losing this human touch. So it's very important that banks keep thinking of how to connect, connect with with the, with the user. So there, there is going to be a lot. Of regulation is is a big challenge, and um, regulators here are working hard. Like we work a lot with regulators, and you have no idea how much you know um, work and, and effort they put into coming up with standards, understanding the, the, the different models out there. And, um, once you understand the, um, the challenges, you look at the future and the future is not in open banking. It's actually in open finance mm -hmm. because banking is just a little part of the pie. Um, open banking gives you what? Banking data and transactions, payment transactions. So right? when you say open banking, this is what is considered. That's it. Open data it's two types of APIs. Data, account APIs, and, and payment initiation APIs. Um, once you get into the financial sector as a whole, so once you start looking at um, your investment uh, protocol, your savings, once you start expanding beyond banking into asset management, 
investors, um, um, you know, behavior, so investment banking. Um, imagine you go into insurance. All of that is open finance. And then once you go into open finance, then you go into the open data, which is the open economy, right? So financial services is no longer um, a banking service. It's actually embedded into everything. And Every that's where the embedded finance concept is coming from. So the end game is to bring embedded finance into the world, which actually brings a lot of financial inclusion <laughs> back to the start. Um, that's the that's the end game. Embedded finance, financial inclusion, and making the world a better place. So if there was one message that you could send across to the rest of the industry, um, what would that message be? Um, the change is not about technology. The change is not about regulations. The change is not about who does it first. The change is actually who makes uh, the consumer's life more enjoyable, uh, more beneficial, and um, more sustainable so that they actually stick with you and they grow with you as a, as a customer. And um, if you start with the pain points and then do reverse engineering, okay, how can I fix that pain point? You're a winner. If you start with what's the flashy, blinky kind of technology that I'm going to bring to the market, you're not going any anywhere. Mirna, thank you for coming <laughs> again. Thank you. It was amazing. I enjoyed Guys, I hope you enjoyed this quick session with Mirna. It was super insightful for me. I'm sure it was for you as well. Stay tuned. There is another amazing episode coming out soon. Take care.